When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into In the Huddle, everybody. Carl Dukes along with Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockham Four. And guys, this might be the best weekend of football we've seen yet. I mean, looking at the matchups, Baldy, yeah. I'm kind of excited about what I'm going to get a chance to see on Sunday as we look ahead to what we're going to take, uh, what's going to take place on Sunday. And I want to start with the Cowboys-Eagles game. Eagles, last unbeaten team in the NFL. And everybody's on, you know, on board. They're talking about how good the Eagles are, how well Jalen's playing. And here come the Cowboys and that front seven and that defense that's getting after everybody. Cowboys come in four and one. They're giving up, guys, uh, 14 points a game. All right. Eagles are scoring on average about 27 a game. Baldy, what do you see here? Because I think this is one of the most intriguing games of the weekend. Well, I agree with you, Carl. And so, you know, I, I, I'm here at NFL Films in South Jersey. Um, I, I see a lot of the guys on a pretty weekly basis. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not downplaying this game at all. I mean, this is, this is, looks to be a playoff matchup right now. All the things you said are true. You know, uh, matchups make good fights. This is so. What you've seen from Dallas over the four-game win streak, Carl, 18 sacks, 43 quarterback hits. You've seen Burrow laid out. You've seen Carson Wentz laid out. We just saw Matt Stafford laid out on the ground in the fourth quarter. I mean, they've gotten after it. And what's interesting about last week's game against the Rams is, I mean, they never blitzed, Carl. They just came with four. You know, and we all know Micah and Tank, and but Dorrance Armstrong and, you know, and Dante Fowler and, you know, Odigazua. I mean, they're all getting after it. So the difference is, and then really, they have to do that, Carl. Right. Uh, they, they have to do that because what no team has been able to do to Jalen Hurts so far is really force him into any turnovers. He's got two interceptions. One was a tip ball, no fumbles. They have not forced him into any mistakes. And when there has been pressure, quick pressure, he's just elusive, you know, and he makes he's made really smart, good decisions. When to run, when to run and throw, when to take off, all that stuff. And he's got all the weapons that you need to have a good offense. So that's really the game is can because I, I believe that Dallas's run game, you know, look good against the Rams. I the Eagles have an answer for that. They they brought it up, they brought it out last week against the Cardinals. They they played a five-one diamond defense. Uh Jordan Davis was on the center for 29 snaps. Mm. Fletcher and Javon Hargrave, I mean, they were all up front. They just they didn't get pushed around. TJ Edwards, the middle linebacker. They, they kind of protect him, let him just flow, go make the tackle. They've got an answer to the run game. So that's, to me, is this game swings on whether that pressure package of the Cowboys can really affect uh, Jalen Hurts like none of the five teams that he's played so far has been able to do. And I think it kind of comes down to that on Sunday night. Let's talk about Cooper Rush, though, right? I think they're going to stay the course. They're going to let Dak maybe rest another week, make sure he's 100%. Baldy, this is the way I'm looking at this. You tell me if I'm wrong on this. If you're Mike McCarthy and you don't play Dak and you lose Sunday, you come back and say, well, we didn't have Dak. We'll see him later in the season, right? 
if you win with Cooper Rush and you give Dak that additional time, you say, hey, we were rolling. Rush has not made mistakes. I'm not saying he needs an out, but it sort of gives him one if the Cowboys don't play well. Now, I know he's not thinking about it that way, but but where are you at with the Rush starting Dak versus Rush thing? Well, I don't think Dak is ready. I mean, I, I mean I've watched him throw the ball with his left hand in <laughs> practice this week, Carl. You know, I mean, I don't think he's ready. And so I, if he was ready, they, they'd have him out there. I, I just don't think that, um, you know, if it, the thumb was on the other, you know, the left hand, the issue, I mean, this is his throwing hand. Like, they just can't put him out there. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's strong enough. And, and look, Cooper's played really well. He's mistake-free football, Carl. He's got no interceptions, no fumbles. Right. Uh, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot against the Rams. But, you know, because defensively they're playing so well, you're not trying to, you know, throw the ball down the field. You're not trying to. But he's done within the system. And I'll say this, that they have built game plans for Cooper Rush different than they do for Dak. I mean, it's all about protection first. There's two tight ends, half field reads. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't handle a full package, but there's no need for it. And so because the defense played so well, they have not put him in harm's way. Now he's going to see a different pressure from the Eagles. Um, their front is really good. Hassan's playing really well right now. We'll see how they hold up. Uh, the rookie tackle, Tyler Smith, played really well against the Rams. Uh, we'll, we'll see how he does, you know, this week with some of the guys he's going to see. So I think that Cooper, you know, is, is capable of winning this game. He's totally capable, especially if they get a couple turnovers in short fields and that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll look like a good NFC East matchup, old school, uh, Carl, you know, the way we used to kind of see yeah. this division. Because these two teams, I think, are playoff teams. The way they're playing right now, when Dak gets back, and and I think Dallas has a defense that's built for the postseason. Um, we'll see. Like I, you know, Tony Pollard, you know, had the big run last week. That's kind of what they needed, and he's capable of doing that. But uh, right now, I think Philly is just a better all-around team. And unless they can force Jalen into some mistakes, which I don't see him making, he's just too poised right back there right now unless they can do that then i think that you know this is philly's game all right let's talk about micah parsons before we move on because people are starting to make those comparisons i saw lt i've not seen lt since lt left the nfl okay but when you start making those comparisons about lawrence taylor coming off the edge with parsons i'm like slow your roll um i love the kid i think he's talented but I'm not ready to go there yet. He does have six sacks in five games. What are you seeing with Michael Parsons, and how is Dan Quinn using him to let him get off the way he is right now? Well, I mean, depending on the game and depending on who they're playing, they play him in a variety of ways. Last week, he, you know, he he didn't play the full game. Uh, he's got a groin issue, so he was off the field here and there. But I don't want to make any comparisons. LT is completely different game. Uh, let, let Micah, you know, become Mikey. He's got 19 sacks and 20 starts right now. I mean, it's rare. Nobody really has done anything like that. Um, he, he's off the ball inside linebacker. We haven't really seen him blitz the middle this year much where he can really get one-on-one with the back. That's what Dan Quinn did to him a couple times last year where they really got him isolated and the back had to step up and no back last year was able to stop him from getting to the quarterback. You might see some of that this week where I don't think Miles Sanders or whoever's back there, he can block you know, him. Gamewell, like I, they, they, Kenneth Gamewell, that, like, those, those guys aren't capable of uh, stopping this hungry line from getting to Jalen Hurts. Um, 
So there's a ways, a lot of ways they could deploy him this week, Carl. Like last week, last year, they tried to run some read options, you know, to to, to Michael Parsons. Like he's just too fast. Right. He can't turn a corner on. He could play the dive and get to the quarterback. So it is that kind of closing speed. Uh, you know, he's he's just has rare closing speed, like nobody else off the edge right now, which which helps him. So he can run and chase with the best of them. Um, his ability to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands is as good as anybody in the business right now. And he's got he's got all the array of moves. He's got a he's got a dip and rip, he's got a ghost move, he's got a spin, mm. he's got speed to power. Like he's got rare moves for a guy that really didn't play on the edge of Penn State. So I think you'll see him in a, in a lot of different places, left side, right side. I would, if I was them and uh, they were going to start Jack Driscoll at left tackle, which looks like he's going to start at left tackle. I mean, I'd have Mike over him. And like, I think Lane Johnson is as good as there is in his business. They hadn't been, he hadn't given up a sack in two years. Um, he's as good as anybody. So like, I'd like to see Mike against Lane just, just to see. if I was the Cowboys and I wanted the best matchup, I'd play him over the left tackle. And so I think you'll see Micah over there probably more than the other side. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. Make sure you get every episode. We put them out Tuesdays, Thursdays. We preview the games going into the weekend. Baldy's here, and we're talking about uh, a bunch of games that I think are going to be great on Sunday. Ravens-Giants. Giants coming off this big win in London, right? And, and, and nobody really gave them a chance against Green mm-hmm. Bay. And then, you know, you look at the standings now. They're 4-1. They're running the ball. They're averaging about 179 yards a game, Baldy. Okay, so what is Brian Dable doing with this offense that's allowing them to have t- success right now? You know what it is, Carl? It, it really goes back to what is what is coaching. Coaching is, all right, I'll give you what I got. Make the best of it. Like, he's taking the best of what he's got, which isn't much. And so, like, you know, he comes from Buffalo, Josh Allen, four wide receivers. You know, it's it's the air raid. No, he doesn't do any of that because you know, they don't have that kind of personnel. So he's got one legitimate, you know, uh, blue chip player, and that's Saquon. And so last week we saw Saquon in a, in a wildcat. Saquon in a wildcat with an unbalanced line running the other way from the unbalanced line where Green Bay didn't line up properly. We're seeing Saquon at wide receiver to stack formation running shallow crosses. We're seeing Daniel Jones as a really a dual threat quarterback using, you know, design runs and then some scrambles, which has helped him. They had Darius Slayton last week, which had one catch in the first four games, have a big game last week and, and use that Auburn speed that he likes to call, um, you know, in a couple of situations. So he did that uh, offensively and they were awful in the first half, but they made some of these, you know, two 40 yard plus plays by Saquon. In the second half, which flipped field and got him in a scoring position. They ran a double reverse to the rookie tight end, Daniel Bellinger, for a touchdown to score. You know, so they they found different ways, um, you know, to kind of – and then defensively, they shut the Packers out. And I don't know what Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur were thinking exactly because they dinked and dunked against them the whole first half to 20 points, and they were in total control of the game. And then the second half, they said – Either they got greedy or they said, these guys, Justin Lane and, you know, some of these guys, they can't cover. Let's let's attack them. And they went down the field and they couldn't get one deep shot on them. And so they ended up on the, you know, the six yard line. They go tie the game up and Wink sent these pressure packages at them and they didn't convert. So Wink's doing a great job with guys that nobody knows. 
because five of them weren't on the roster and on Labor Day, and here they are playing a significant role. So they're uh, they're they're just doing they're making the best of what they have, and they will give the Ravens problems because nobody knows Lamar better than Wink Martindale. Nobody knows mm. his habits. Nobody knows the offense. Nobody knows the running game better than him. And so if I'm Wink, I'm saying okay. In the passing game, the ball's going to Mark Andrews. So what are we going to do to Mark? Are we going to put Kayvon Thibodeau over the top of him, not let him get off? Maybe. Jihad Ward, like just stone him at the line of scrimmage, take a guy and not let him get going. Uh, and they're throwing to Devin DuVernay, who I don't think they fear, but he's been a good player for. And then the run game, the X factor is really Lamar, Carl. Like you, you could design all the stuff you want. You know, you could have the spy. You could do all the stuff. Like he's, he's just – a better athlete than all that stuff. Right. And he's just got instincts like that can beat anything that you want to do to him. So it, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a good game and a close game. The, the Ravens are a good team. JPP really made a difference last week. Like he's helped the pass rush. Um, they're not breaking down in the back end like they did in their two losses. Um, you know, so they held Cincinnati 17 points and they, they, they did something. This is not Cincinnati, but, like they said, Joe Burrow's not throwing the ball over ahead. They played a cover two defense. You know, Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams, they, they played 15 yards deep. And they said, if you if you want to run in against us, oh, we'll give up those seven, eight, nine-yard runs, which they did on first down. But you're not beating us deep. And so Jamar Chase had seven catches for 50 yards. It's smart football. It is. You know, like run us out of it. Make us get out of this. And they didn't get out of it. And so they kept Cincinnati 17 points. They beat him on a Justin Tucker field goal. You know, the interesting thing about what you're saying with the Saquon, uh, Baldy, it reminds me of like high school. You remember the kid that was better than everybody else? And yeah. he played both sides. And yeah. he would play receiver. He'd play slot. He'd play running back. And then if they really needed a, a touchdown, the kid played quarterback, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I played guys like that. And yeah. it's like, that's yeah. what I think about with Saquon. Is right. Dable is using him like he's the high school stud. And, hey, wherever I need him, I'm going to put him out there and he's going to make a play or I'm going to find a way to get him in the ball. I, I love your analogy because that's what I was thinking last week when I watched the game. I said, yeah. damn, Saquon's – he's touching it in so many different ways. And, you know, we, you know, I was up at training camp, and that's kind of what Brian said. You know, we got to use Saquon. <laughs> when you're talking to Saquon, he said the same thing. But it's one thing, you know, kind of talking about it in training camp. And it's another thing where it's actually, you know, you go to London. And you're playing a really talented team, and it's working against a you know they've got seven number one draft picks on that defense call. Yeah, right. like they're a talented defense, and you know it. They they you know they got rookies out there all over the place. Like it's working. It's it's really, I, I think Brian is, like, easily the coach of the year thus far. You know for whatever that's worth in middle of October. But you know this is what coaching should be. Like, he, he could have easily said, we're going to run this system I ran in Buffalo. Well, you know, Brian's been to Alabama. He's been in New England. He's been all over. He's just taken what he's gleaned from all these places, and he's putting these game plans together. Now, it's one thing to put a different game plan in every week, Carl. It's another thing to execute it because, you know, that takes, okay, somebody's got to pay attention. you got to study. Walkthroughs are important. Practice is important. Like, they're, they're listening. That's the other thing is they're right. listening to him. His voice, these guys are believing, and that's, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. I, I like the hire. I said it before with the Giants and Shane, Joe Shane yep. coming in there. I think they're going to turn that thing around. I think they're winning right now. And, and if you take them lightly, I agree. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Ravens-Giants. 
uh, on Sunday. It's Dukes, uh, Carl Dukes, along with Brian Baldinger. Casey Buffalo may be a preview, right, of, of what we saw last year in the AFC, AFC championship game. I've said all along, going into the season, Baldy, Buffalo wants to get that game in Buffalo, right? <laughs> if they get the Chiefs in Buffalo yes. for AFC championship game, I think it's a wrap. I think it's a different deal. But we get two four and one teams. This is obviously a huge game early in the season. Buffalo remembers how they lost to the playoffs last year. But forget all of that stuff. Let's talk about what these two most dynamic quarterbacks are doing right now in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was incredible the other night. I mean, I just I'm always amazed at what he's able to pull off, but I'm like, damn, this kid is so good. He he reads defenses so quickly. And then I see Josh Allen, and you know, you look at the Bills. 450 yards a game? Well, we're talking about the two best players in the league. I mean, I, I don't care what how you want to rank. I mean, they're the two best players in the league right now. And this is going to be what, – what the NFL is going to do is this is the next Brady-Manning matchup. They're, mm. they're going to play every year, Carl. They're going to make sure that there's – they're in Buffalo, they're in London, they're in Kansas City. They're going to put these two teams front and center. And really – like, let's just go uh, to the Pittsburgh game last week. So, you know, third third play of the game, Buffalo is backed up on the two-yard line, and they throw a 98-yard pass to Gabriel Davis. Like, they never, from the third play, Carl, they never stopped attacking. And it was interesting because there was a point when it was a 10-3 game, a little bit of a game. And, again, you know, Josh Allen throws his ball to Gabriel Davis in the end zone. He's being covered by former Bill, uh, Levi Wallace. And Wallace intercepts him in the end zone. And you think, wow, like that was a great play. And did you have to force it? You know, because a little bit, the next play, they get the ball back. 62-yard touchdown to Gabriel Davis against Levi. They never stopped to talk, attacking. And then you watch them during a phase of the game where they've got this rookie, Khalil Shakur, out of Boise State. And there's a play like second and 10, and there's a check down over the middle. You could take the Devin Singletary, whoever, to, you know, to uh, pick a guy. And he refused the check down because that's what most coaches would say. Just take the check down. Take, Easy, you know, right. Get to third and five. And he takes this shot down the middle of the field into triple coverage to Shakira and he catches it for 20-something yards. And it just said to me that maybe that game last year, Carl, in the playoffs, maybe it resonates with the way Josh is playing. Because maybe he says, I'm never going to let this thing come down to 13 seconds again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this game before there's 13 seconds left. And I'm not going to give anybody a chance. And I kind of feel like they wiped Pittsburgh up, 38-3. Heck, you know, it felt like a college game, Carl, where they just took the starters out. You know, and just <laughs> it like, did. Let the other guys finish. You know, and so, and that's Pittsburgh. That's a pride. Or, you know, there, there's there's some big names on that side. Of, and I kind of feel that's what Buffalo is going to do in this game. We saw Devontae Adams, like, go deep and get up to a 17-0 lead on Kansas City. And we saw defensive pass interferences. You know, like every time they went deep to Devontae, like something good happened. And I feel like Carl, like Josh is looking at the same thing going, we're going to do the same thing that the Raiders did. We're just going to do it like Fair. nonstop. Right. And we got the players to do it. So I think that's kind of what they – and Kansas City can't really play that style. Mahomes can dink and dunk with the best. He can find Travis Kelsey anywhere on the field. He can find, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And But I, I think Buffalo is going in there to just, like, go bombs away and just attack them every chance they get. Now, can the pressure get to Josh Allen? Can, you know, 
Steve Spagnola, I got his cover three thing up here. His cover three, <laughs> like on my whiteboard over here. Like, can can you know they draw pressures to get to him and affect him before he takes these shots? Like, I think that's kind of where it is right now. Let me ask you about Kelsey. Uh, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, get new episodes Tuesday, Thursday. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes with you. This guy's not the fastest guy in the league, right? But Kelsey finds a way to get open, and he uses his body so well. He had four touchdowns in the game the other night. And, you know, I, I'm watching him run routes, and I know you've watched him enough. And I always say he reminds me of an older Tony Gonzalez, right? I, I don't know if Tony Tony was better, but with Tony had this knack to, like, run a route, get open, use his body, and he always caught these balls that you went, how do he get open, right? Because he's not beating anybody with speed anymore. What do you think about Kelsey and how he maneuvers the defense with his route running and his body control? Well, he's caught 52 touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes in five years so far. Um, that's number one on the entire NFL list of any quarterback receiver. Uh, so the Raiders did a lot of things to him the other night. They they chipped him with Max and they chipped him with Cleveland Farrell. When he got down from the eight-yard line, in, they were in man coverage and they run the rub routes, you know, where Trayvon Mooring's covering him, can't, you know, can't stick stick to him. He runs these pivot routes where he goes in one direction, changes direction. He runs a, a scramble drill where Mahomes gets outside the pocket and they're just in, in cahoots, in, in sync with one another. And Kelsey, you know, finds the opening and then he, he does, because he is big, he's got a stiff arm. He can bounce off guys. He's big and strong. He's fast enough. And then the last one, the Raiders just simply lost track of him because of the formation they were in, just didn't think that they were going to run this crossing route, and he was wide open. So they have – and they have one 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 play where they've got Cleveland Farrell on top of him and Trevor Mooring on top of him, and they're going to bang him with Cleveland Farrell. And then he just runs this release where nobody can put a glove on. So he sees everything that they're doing to him, and he's seen everything that you can do to him. And so he's a step ahead of you in, in most ways where mm. – you know, every once in a while, they, he will get jammed and they won't let him off the line of scrimmage. But you're giving up one or two guys, you know, to that. So somebody else, and, and Mahomes sees it. So Mahomes sees one or two guys taking Kelsey out. All right, I'm going to go find Sky Moore. I'll find, you know, uh, Juju or whoever. You know, I'll find a back. So, you know, he's throwing to backs and tight ends a lot this year. And he's just taking with the, you know, he's not forcing the ball. So the turnovers aren't there. Yeah. And so he's playing really smart. And in some ways, he might be a better quarterback right now than he was when he was the MVP of the league and throwing for 5,000 yards. I mean, he might be better. Let's talk about Bengals Saints uh, as we preview what's coming up on Sunday here on In the Huddle. I don't know how the hell this happens every week, but Taysom Hill comes onto the field and everybody in the building knows he's going to get the ball, Baldy. Coaching staff, guys on the defensive field, every. And the guy still scores and does amazing things for the Saints. Now, Sean Payton was using him this way. You fast forward, Payton's gone. They're still using him this way. And they don't win last week without his services. But how in the hell is Taysom Hill coming onto the field and everybody goes, he's going to get the ball. It's like Jordan with the last shot. Mm -hmm. And he's still able to score and make plays for the Saints. Well, that's the formula right now. Because the reason why they were in a deep crypt going into last week's game with Seattle was they turn the ball over way too many times. So, I mean, it's Jameis' curse. Um, it's not all in Jameis, but they were turning the ball over too many times. When they run the ball with Kamara, who was healthy last week and looked really good, 
and Taysom um, and Mark Ingram, when they run the ball like that, that's their formula. That's they're a good team. Like now defensively, like they had trouble with Geno Smith and, you know, and, and the receivers DK and, but they, 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 they had their best offense a day. And so how do they do it? Well, you know, you have to, the, the offense line played really well. They're a good run blocking line. Um, they'll be better when Trevor Penning eventually gets back at left tackle. But for right now, they throw an extra tackle in there. Uh, they throw a fullback in. Um, it's quarterback wildcat stuff. We know it's all there, but he's, you know, he's, he's really a good runner. Like he, he's got, um, he's got patience. He's got a four, four speed. He's got a great burst. When you see him, Carl, he's 230 pounds. He's all buffed up. Like he's a big back. And so he can, he can run through tackles and, and then you mix it up with Kamara and you put him in the backfield with Kamara and you do some option stuff and it becomes difficult to defend. And Seattle's not very good defensively. So um, Cincinnati is a much better test. Uh, they'll they'll be ready for it. We'll see if they can stop it. But uh, this is a good this is a good test. But I think I think New Orleans kind of found the formula. Like it's great that Alave is out there and Juice is out there and all these receivers. But this is their formula. Like they got to they got to stay with it because Andy Dalton was good within that system the other day. If you're a Bengals fan, are you panicking right now with a two and three record? What do you what should Bengals fans be thinking right now? Well, you know, they made all these adjustments to the offensive line, but they, they've got real weaknesses there, Carl. Like they're they're not very good up front. And so um they're trying to work around that. And so you don't see the explosive plays. T. Higgins, I mean, I know he came out early, but you know, he 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 didn't have a catch. Uh, Jamar had seven for 50 yards. Like the, the deep passing game isn't there. They've got to figure this out. They've got to run the ball better. That's really the answer. You you can run these teams out of staying, you know, keeping these shell defenses and not letting the ball go over the head. You got to run them out of it. That's 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 the formula. So they got to run the like Joe Mixon's a quality back, but they got to run the ball better um, right now. That's that'll that will get things started. Um, defensively, I think they're a really good football team. They're really sound. Um, Lou Anarumo is a really good coach. Um, they kept the Ravens to 19 points and they needed a 59 yard field goal. And, you know, to get 19, they did a good job of limiting Lamar. They're good. And so I think they'll be, I think this could be a low scoring game. And, but the answer is Joe can only like Joe, he's not a miracle worker. Like you just can't throw the ball into coverage right. and just win. Like, you know, you gotta be smart with it. And so, they got to run the ball better, and they got to probably, if they do, they can get some play action passes going, which can really, you know, get some guys down the field a little bit better than they have and kind of take some deeper shots. They need some shot plays in their offense, which we're built to do. Baldy, a couple more things here before we wrap up. Looking ahead, guys, to a big week in the NFL. And again, Tuesday, next episode, we'll recap everything that happened over the weekend. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, myself, Carl Dukes. All right. I'm only bringing this game up because we had two controversies last week. And I want to talk about 49ers Falcons because the Falcons felt like they got jobbed. Do they win the game? I don't know. Uh, but you get a chance to get the ball back with three minutes to play if the roughing the passer is not called on Tom Brady with Grady Jarrett. Fast forward, Chris Jones has a similar call, uh, Kansas City game, right, in, yep. in the Raiders game. Yep. So everybody in the NFL is talking about it. So this is, a, this is a two-parter. One, I want to get your thoughts on the roughing the passer and where this is at with the league. And then the Falcons and the 49ers are interesting because they've been in every single game, and they're third in the league in rushing. 
And here come the 49ers with Debo Samuel and company. I want to do a little quick preview of that game, but where are you at with roughing the passer and how the league's handling this? I think the overreacted, Carl. I think the overreacted, I think it's a complete overreaction to what happened to Tua. I don't actually blame him. But, you know, in the Tom Brady situation, I almost feel like, Carl, like there was a play earlier in the game when Grady Jarrett came on a twist stunt and got to Brady and tackled him low. And Brady was looking at, uh, Jerome Boger, who was the, you know, the referee that day. And he was looking at him going, you're going to make this call. And I kind of feel like at the end, it might have been a makeup call. No like doubt. In the NBA. No now, doubt. I don't know if that happened or not. Yeah, that, I, I felt that for, way. I'm looking for some justification why you would call that. Because what Aaron Donald and Grady Jarrett and some of these, you know, some of these guys that are, get to the quarterback frequently. And Grady Jarrett's playing out of his mind right now. He looks like he's back at Clemson, to be honest with you, Carl. He's, he's playing awesome. But um, what a lot of these guys have done is they, they'll take the court rather than what Chris Jones did, which he did pull off. Like that, that call was a bad call. Like Chris Jones hit Carl uh, Patrick. He, he did not drill him into the ground. You can see him kind of pulling off at the end, but he is 325 pounds, like you said. So it, it, there is watching it in real time. Maybe it looked like that slowing it down. Like I did. It didn't look like that. Um, I, I feel like Grady, what he did to Brady was he, he grabbed him. And then he pulled him across his body, which lessened the blow. Right. That's what that's what Aaron Donald does every time he gets to a quarterback now. He just throws him across his body. He doesn't throw him down to the ground. Heck, we saw Max Crosby on a Sunday night, you know, um, take uh, Mahomes and literally just hold him like it was a Pro Bowl. Didn't even tackle him. And they blew the whistle. Yeah, that's right. We so, just blew the whistle. And, like, Max is smart enough to go, and I'm not taking a chance. I'll take the foul. <laughs> you know? But, like. This don't so the answer, Carl, to your question is let's not turn this thing into a Pro Bowl. Like, let's respect the game. Come on. Like these guys, you have to hit these guys. You have to hit them to affect them. I mean, it's it's the game plan by most of these guys. Like, let's get the quarterback, affect the quarterback, hit the quarterback early, Rex Ryan. Let's let's hit the quarterback early. He's gonna give us too late. Like, don't change anything, just enforce what we have in place. All right, we understand protect the quarterback from the knee down, okay. Let's stay off the head, but let's hit. We got to hit these guys, and so this is—it's a violent game. Quarterbacks have to be able to take it. Um, backup quarterbacks have to come in and play. Like, let's not change anything, Carl. Let's just enforce the rules that are there, and let's not overreact anymore to what happened to him. I agree. I mean, this is why we watch. This is why we love the game. And the physicality has to be there. I'm not watching to see guys held up in a Pro Bowl situation. All right. Falcons are third in the league in rushing. I want to get your take on this 49ers-Falcons game. Cleveland Giants-Falcons. I'm surprised. And if you don't think the running game matters, we just talked about the Giants being 4-1. and one. Cleveland is in the mix. And I think, if I'm correct, I think Deshaun is able to be at the facility now and, and meet and all that stuff. And, and maybe we see him next month. I don't know. But the three teams that lead the league in rushing. And here come the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan and Debo Samuel. We were talking about Saquon earlier. Debo's that similar guy, right? They use him all over the field. They get him the ball. And Garoppolo seems like he's got a nice rhythm going right now. What do you see in this game? Well, the 49ers, Carl, are the best defensive football. And nobody's close. Like, they're, they're first of all, they play lightning fast because they're so prepared. And Fred Warner's the quarterback. And nobody – is out of place. Now, they lost a corner, Emmanuel Mosley. They got a rookie that can play, though. But Traverius Ward's playing great. Like, they've got no weakness defensively. Like, I don't, is, think, I don't the, think Atlanta is going to be able to run the ball 
the way we saw them run against sure. last week. Like, they're not going to run the ball. With So, can Marcus Mariota throw to Drake London if Kyle Pitts is healthy? And, like, I think they're going to have a, a long, hard day. I think San Francisco is on a mission. They stayed in West Virginia this week. Um, it's like a little mini training camp. You know, right. they're all there at that one facility there in West Virginia, that, that golf course there. Um, but I think – and then offensively, they got the running game going last week, Carl. Jeffrey Wilson – had a big run. They played really well, even without Trent Williams. They played well. Um, but Atlanta's defense, people have to pay attention. Like, this Daquan Graham is a player. Like, they've got young kids that are really good players, and they're only getting better, and they're well coached. So their front is really good. Uh, I want to see kind of what Dean Pease has for San Francisco. <laughs> like, they could affect the game a little bit more than people think. But I think Atlanta's offense is really going to struggle against this defense. I'd be surprised if they score more than one touchdown. Let, let me ask you what D'Amico Rhines is doing. I've known D'Amico a long time. He was a really good player in the league, mm-hmm. and now he's the defensive coordinator with the 49ers, an up-and-coming star in the coaching ranks. What is he doing from a from a call standpoint as to what the 49ers are doing? Because Or does he have to? I mean, you got Bosa and these guys coming off the edge. Is he doing anything strategically that you go, hey, that, that's really interesting and good as, as to what they're doing and how they're attacking teams? Well, it's both, Carl. He's got tremendous talent, and he knows that. So he's not like you could kind of want to go, okay, let's just go crazy. And we've got guys that can cover. Let's just send seven. Let's play blitz zero. He doesn't do any of that. He'll send a fifth. He'll he'll send Greenlaw or Warner as a fifth rusher, occasionally the nickel, maybe a, a fifth. But he knows his four are really good. And they're eight deep. You know, Kamoko Torre comes in. You know, Omenahu, uh, Kevin Gibbons starts last week. I mean, they're they're loaded. They're loaded. So he's got unbelievable speed at linebacker in Greenlaw and in in Warner. Unbelievable speed. And then Hufanga is a candidate to be a defensive player of the year. Like the guy's a, a phenomenal player. Um, so they're they're really talented. So he's got that, but then the the key is no matter if they're in man, zone, combination, they're not breaking down. So that's that's the strength is can you get them to play lickety-split fast and not break down, not have miscommunication? There's no miscommunication. That's the strength right now of D'Amico is there's no breakdowns in communication. And when teams get beat, it's either they break down in communication or they miss tackles. And the 49ers aren't doing either right now. And that's a credit. To D'Amico. Where are you at, my friend, this weekend? I'm in I'm in Kansas City for you know the 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 game of the the game of the year so far. So <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm calling that one. I can't wait to be on the field. I'm can't wait to walk through the parking lot with all that tailgating going on. Oh, the barbecue. I know Bill's Mafia. Mafia. There'll be a, a a good number of blue shirts in that stadium. They'll they'll travel. So uh two great tailgating, you know, franchises. In that building, uh, the decimeter will be through the roof. Uh, if there was a roof, it would get blown off. Like I'm, I'm excited, Carl. I, yeah, and I am too. I mean, I've got the uh, Bills Mafia folks calling my national show on CBS Sports Radio, and every yeah. weekend, you know, the Bills Mafia. I don't know if that fan base has been more excited than when you know Jim Kelly and the bunch were there, honestly, and and they yeah. have every right to be. So yeah. I, I'm excited too, man. Uh, Baldy, have a great weekend, man. Look forward to next week as we talk about what's going to happen, and has, how this stuff transpires. Uh, guys, subscribe in the huddle. 
Baldy, myself, Jason Lockham for every week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we release new episodes and we invite you guys to be a part of it. Thanks so much, Baldy, man. Yep. Have a great, hey, uh, have a great weekend, brother. Carl, I like, I love joining you every week. I love talking it with you. So, uh, have a great weekend yourself, Carl. Enjoy all the games Saturday and Sunday. Hey, uh, hey, Friday night lights, everything, Carl. Enjoy all of it. I'll catch up with you next week. All right, man. Take care. You bet. Have a great one.